Albion, Des Rowe. Burlington, Vermont is on fire. Wh- I'm sorry, what? No, yeah, that's expected. I- excuse me, since when? Well, hopefully it's a metaphor. Keep going. <laughs> well, at the moment, it seems like it's been on fire since before you can really remember what made it happen. But here you are. You are in Dez's home. You know that the fire is going to catch up to you, and the house won't survive. Um? Okay. Dez, like, so, lives here. Yeah. Um, additional details that might provide a little bit of uh, extra clarity. The sky is not the color that you expect it to be. Uh, it is not blue, but it is instead a sort of orange red uh, that just is not so much that it's illuminating with a a light of that color but more so that any color that is not in the visible band of that color just doesn't happen. It's not coming down. It casts shadows in a very odd way because it interacts with the things that would normally absorb those hues and uh, not give them back. Those things just look dark. So anything like contrasting color from the sky just kind of looks dark. Uh, And it is very difficult uh, to make out a lot of different things because uh, the grass and water tend to be kind of contrasting to the color of the sky right now. Yeah, there's there's dirt and there's trees, but uh, what you can make out of those is largely wreathed in shadow and smoke. So that is the situation that you find yourselves in and you know that it's coming, you cannot stop it, you have a very limited amount of time before the house, you cannot be in it anymore. It may just be a small number of minutes at this point. It's kind of impossible to tell. The sound outside is not the soundscape that you would expect. You would very much expect to hear sirens going, uh, a lot of emergency vehicles, perhaps, uh, you know, trying to do something, whether it be evacuation or attempt to uh, fight the flames that seem to be moving uh, through Burlington, Vermont, unnaturally. Uh, Like, there's just kind of no slowing it down. It's just whatever is happening, it seems to be approaching you. The light of the flames outside isn't. You don't see this sort of like dense illumination coming in. It seems only like the light is coming down from the sky. It's kind of impossible to to understand why this is all behaving this way. It's not natural. You know that much for a fact. Um, The sound outside is this just sort of oppressive low it's not a moan and it's definitely not a wail but it is a thrum it's a pressure that is just sort of pushing on you almost directionally from you would think the center of burlington it's not like the air is just tighter and pressure like around you all the time it's just this this feeling of this intense pressure from there seems to be directional even and it's not getting any weaker it's getting stronger as uh as it approaches you 
it is difficult to see without artificial illumination uh all not, like all sources of power uh, are clearly cut out at this point uh what do you do there's nothing we could do to fight the fire it seems highly improbable that you would have any real effect on it at this point uh, especially because it does not appear to be natural flame as again i said it is not uh producing fire light is there a role that i can make cuz i think des would try to either figure out if she's having a nightmare or if they are in the never never or something that would be a lore role you're attempting to uh use your supernatural senses to try to get a bearing on uh what is going on around you because honestly like she's probably like trying to like urge herself to wake up she doesn't think this is real okay so First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a lore roll. And I I know that this is something that is uh, very much like all around you and you feel like you should be able to sense whatever it is quite easily. This lore roll is going to be an eight. (sighs) Well, that is a three. Okay. Um, Well, this all feels humbly jumbly confused. I need you to make a discipline roll. The target is also an eight. Oh better um that is a a one okay um yep you have no way to tell if this is real or not so for now all you can really do is uh act on the panic in your brain that it is real this seems to very much be real and happening to you right now um what is everyone else doing um i'm gonna let ro go first because i don't know what albion's doing right now because i (laughs) I have actual, like, bad feelings in my gut about the house being destroyed. Yeah, I, I mean, as Gwen, I know that, like, we're going to figure something out and everything will be fine. But, uh, Ro is kind of panicked right now. Um, I think that, is, is, uh, Beaumont with us at the house? Uh, Beaumont is dead. What? Yes, you said that. Beaumont is dead. No, you, what? Hold on. Wait. <laughs> um. What? Since when? Hold on. <laughs> uh, since he perished attempting to contain whatever is happening. Uh, uh, did you uh, say that in your original description? I did not. You just okay. asked about it now. Okay. Oh, fuck you. Why do I? Ha- I've got weird deja vu right now. I am <laughs> upset. Um. Here. Upset. Okay. <laughs> okay. <wait. laughs> Christine's like in the background going through her Google Drive deleting document after document like all the shit poetry I wrote wasted Um, make me a discipline roll your target is 8 before you make any further actions I apologize for stepping on you but uh, it is appropriate for you to make a discipline roll okay that's a 1 okay (laughs) Uh, you are yeah, you're feeling the exact same as as Desdemona, where this is just this is frighteningly real and it's not stoppable. What okay. what are we what are you gonna do? Um it it's not how it works, but does Veiling somehow create like a force field? You don't know. You really don't know. Okay. Uh you've never tried to do that before. Uh you don't think it can do that, but you don't know it can't. I I'm I'm gonna try to veil the house. Cause that's a tall order. Yeah, I right. know. <laughs> uh, 
for the entire house. Okay. Yeah. That's more than just one zone. That is multiple <sighs> zones you're attempting to uh, do something to all at once. Uh, so <laughs> I think I have a plan, Gwen. How strong uh, do you want to make this particular veil? Uh, just like barely strong enough. I don't uh I do a three. Just a number of shifts. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to up the difficulty by two. Uh, so that's a five to pull this off. Okay, so it didn't work with my two. Okay. Um, yeah, you would have zero shifts of veil <laughs> over the house at that point. Okay. You you did try, and I will give you full credit for trying. <laughs> I don't like this. All right. I, I do think I know what Albion is going to do here. First, Albion is going to make me a discipline roll target eight. Okay. I... Okay. 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 Um, that's a six. I'm going to invoke an aspect. Okay. First, first invoked aspect of the final chapter. What do we got? Um, protective streak a mile long is getting invoked. Okay. Do you care to elaborate? I feel like it doesn't really need it, but I'm going to elaborate regardless. Um, these are his friends. These are his family. This is a place that has become his home. Uh, fuck this fire. Fuck this nonsense. Sounds good to me. If I might narrate what Albion is doing as he makes this sort of discipline check. Sure. Uh, he just opens the front door, steps out onto the deck, tells Dez and Ro, get back. Just extends an open hand and Gugnir pulls itself out of his holster into his palm and just slaps it. He just aims at the fire. Okay. Uh, the effect of the discipline is I need, uh, actually, Christine? Yeah. Gwen? Mm-hmm. Could you please deafen yourselves for a moment? Um, Tom? Yeah? Albion knows this is not happening. This is not real. Okay. He calls upon that faith in Odin and that that desire to protect and... Part of that is seeing the world for what it really is. One of your go-to moves is very much using the sight. So I think what happens here is you have an instinctive response to try to see through whatever is happening here uh, to try to get to the core of any of this. Yeah, what Albion's doing right now is rather than just letting this panic set in, he is just trying to let his mind quiet and give itself over to the faith that he has sort of built up in Odin over the course of this entire journey he's gone on with these people. Like, everything he's gone through, all the things he's done have just sort of strengthened that, and I think he's just going to try and let that take hold of him right now and let that sort of guide what he does here. Okay. Uh, great. So, as you do that, you see this oppressive wall of black fire that is just slowly approaching you. You hear the just the creaks and moans of trees that are basically just falling apart and exploding uh, from from the heat and the intensity. You you hear the sound of structures collapsing in in the wake uh, of this, and the it you you can see up in the sky above you that uh not only is the sky this unnatural hue but there are uh distant shapes that seem to be moving and swirling uh and the shape of it 
is not so much a shape, but uh, I, I'd say that if you could make the shape of like uh, a scream in the void, not into the void, but in the void, you, it's unhearable, but it is a soundless scream nonetheless. That's the shape of the swirl above you. And through that, uh, you see of uh, the 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 wall of like fire is steadily getting closer and closer and just consuming everything and there is a break in that wall with this sort of greenish bluish hue uh that bursts through and you don't remember firing gungnir but it looks like the kind of hue that you would get from firing it with full faith but it's aiming directly at you out of this. What is your response? You don't scare me. I don't know what you are. I don't know what this is, but I know that this will not happen as long as I fucking draw breath. And Albion's going to fire at it. Okay. Because Albion wasn't fast on the draw the last time he had a weird nightmare. This time, he's pulling the trigger. It is running at you this not running, but this uh, this color that is very familiar to you, this hue, this sort of uh, energy that is rushing towards you, it just, it strikes you before you even have a chance to do anything, and you realize that it is the shape of a raven, and its beak just suddenly forms in front of your face as you're moving to try to get a bead on this. Time seems to be dilating, and you can't move as quickly as you want to. It's that sort of weird dreamlike thing where, like, as no matter how hard you try to lift your arm, it just won't raise above a certain height. And just the shape coalesces into a raven's face, and its beak drills directly into your brain, and you wake up and you are no longer in this scene, so... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fuck me. Albion just stepped outside, as he said, drew his gun into his hand just through the cool magical trick he learned, and uh, basically told you guys, get back and uh, get behind him and get out of here kind of thing. And uh, without any action on Albion's part, your front door slams closed, and you can't see him anymore. Oh. Can I look out the window and see what he's doing yep you look out the window and there is no albion on the front porch uh, okay it is now just ro and des in des's house and you start hearing almost like the strain of very old wood as if something was heavy leaning onto it um but nothing is physically touching the house yet but you can start to hear that little bit of like house settling type strain coming from the exterior, like that wall, the door that Albion just went out that side. And that seems to be the same direction that that pressure is coming from. What do you do? Des is going to grab some extra scarves and start um, wetting them so that they can put them over their faces. And then she's going to tell Ro, Hydrangea pushes, we got to open a way or something. We got to get out of here. Yeah, Ro is going to nod and follow suit. Um, although I don't think either of us can open a way. You've done it. I also have thaumaturgy. Yes. Okay. No, okay. So I'm like kind of panicking now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're panicking. Uh, we can, <laughs> okay. you know, let's see what we can do, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like Des uh, is yeah. like, it, it, you know, adrenaline. Let's open a way and get, a, get GTFO. <laughs> cool. 
cool. Yeah, okay. okay, we're we're headed out to the bushes. Yeah, but she's given Ro a, a wet scarf to cover her face with. Before you can get too far, you hear a sound from upstairs, and it is the sound of Rowan the Nixie. And uh, she, you hear her <laughs> yelling from the bathroom, Ro, what is happening? Ro! Uh, okay, well, I, so I'm going to run upstairs. But, like, why is she, she should be at my house? Yeah, it seems strange, but uh, apparently she's in Dez's tub right now. Uh, Des, what are you doing as, as Ro runs upstairs? Uh, she's probably going to wait at the bottom of the stairs, but she's not going to go too far from the side door because she wants to get to the bushes so she can try to make a way out. Okay. Des, there is a knock on your front door. She's going to go to the front door and peek out a window to try to see who it is. Okay. You see no one. The door is knocked upon again. Who is it? Upstairs. Ro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rowan is, in fact, in the bathtub. She has not moved. She's still in there, and uh, she she just looks at you, and you hear her asking, Ro, what's what's going on? Um, we gotta we gotta get you out of here. There's a there's a fire. Ro, what's happening? Are you okay? Did you not hear me? We need to get you out. Ugh. Please forgive me for this. She takes her arm and reels it back and attempts to slap you straight across the face. Um, can I dodge that and not get hit? Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you a uh, target to dodge against. Like, we're about to die in a fire. I don't want to also be face hurt. Okay. Uh, well, that is a... That is an eight. Okay. I rolled it, too. Okay, that's that's a two again. Okay. Um beautiful. I love that. Uh yeah, so you get slapped across the face by the wet hand of Rowan the Nixie and Des. Yeah. You're yelling, who is it or what is it? Who is it at the door? Uh you get no response, but you get another uh you get a sort of careful set of knocks after a pause. Albion? Followed by a kind of thump thump. Albion, is that you? You continue to get no response. Uh, and do, does Des's house have a doorbell? Yes. Somewhere distantly, you hear your doorbell ring. Either tell me who you are or meet me at the hydrangea bushes. I'm not opening that door. You hear some voices then, uh, and uh, they, they, they're asking, Hello? Hello? Are you in there? Hey, Des? Does she recognize the voices? She thinks that she does. Make me a quick scholarship roll. Hopefully it's not all negatives. No, it's a, it's only a two. That's a three. These are people you haven't interacted with in a little while, and you've only interacted with them briefly, but it sure sounds like the Coopersmith sisters. What do you do? <sighs> Meet me at the hydrangea bushes! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you are you going to attempt to run out to said hydrangea bushes now? Not until she's joined by Rowan. Rowan. Okay. Uh, you hear nothing from upstairs. She's going to head upstairs. Okay. Uh, the bathroom is empty. Shit. I'm sorry. Ro, you're not there anymore. Um, we will get to you in a moment. <laughs> Rowan is not there. Ro is not there. Des, you are alone. You have apparently the Cooper Smith sisters at your door. 
who are politely knocking and asking if you are in there and you have informed them uh, apparently to go around to the hydrangea bushes. What do you do? I think she's going to go to the attic quickly. Okay. Uh, what are you doing up in the attic? She's going to go to Albion's little altar that he has there. Ooh, I love this. Okay. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. I am going to make a roll, and I'm going to have you roll a discipline roll afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to roll high. You want me to roll good, rather. Roll so good for me. I did roll good. Yay. Okay. So your discipline target is only a six. Well, that is a two. Amazing. Um, uh, do you get any closer to Albion's altar? Yeah, she's going to go try to say a prayer. Okay, perfect. Your discipline roll is now a two. All right, I rolled a uh, a three this time. I did it. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. You succeeded. So you go over to Albion's, uh, Albion's altar and... Uh, it, you recall that uh, in the course of the previous day, the bowl did shatter. Yes. Um, it's in perfect order. It looks it looks new. It looks like you remember it before the events of yesterday, which is your first clue. And as you hear the creaking and groaning of the roof above you in the attic, feeling like it could collapse in on you at any second... You just see a face inside of the bowl as the water ripples, not in any way that you would expect from the events going on around you, from the chaos happening. It's a very calm, steady, even ripple. And you see a face in there that is unfamiliar to you. And he just looks at you and says, Oh, you're adorable. But it's time for you to break through the illusion, dear Desdemona. You have company. He snaps and you're standing at your own front door. Inside or outside? Inside. Everything is fine. You're just at your front door. It is a perfectly lovely April 27th. Um, Yesterday was a fucking whole ordeal. Uh, But you made it back. Uh, You've made it back from Edinburgh. Uh, Beaumont, you recall, at the trial, was able to successfully uh, defend Marcus. Uh, Marcus uh, was, you know, intervened, uh, or rather had Harry Dresden intervene on his behalf. You all provide a character witness. And then you are confident that uh, Byron Walbrook attempted to invade your mind, much like his son had been accused of doing. And you confronted him and then were knocked unconscious, woke up. Marcus was alive. It was past the 20 hour limit. You left Edinburgh. You came home. You collapsed on your couch. And now you are awake, fully, standing in front of your front door. And uh, there is another polite knock. Who the fuck is it? Um, Sam? Nat? Yeah. What's up? You've been you've been knocking on this door. You're sure you have the right address. Uh like I believe Sam's been here before yeah. once after the whole 
shindig where uh you ran into a whole bunch of nonsense you met warden beaumont and you were like he's got a nice ass uh you know <laughs> this this really attractive Accurate. dude hit on you and your brother uh was like get out of here guy and all sorts of weird shit happened um and then your your new pals were like uh you should sit down and told you that like all the supernatural bullshit was real that happened at des's place so you know you're you're fairly uh sure that this is the correct location um but yeah you knocked you you asked if uh if you know des was in there you rang the doorbell um and then after a very you know just like one of you just decided like well this i guess i'm gonna knock one last time just in case and you just gave a little polite knock, and then you hear uh, a screech from inside of who the fuck is it? Sam and Nat Cooper Smith. Yeah, dude. Uh, Bad time? Does you in there? Really? Y- yes, really? Yeah. You okay? She's gonna open the door, and she looks like hell. She's pale. There's rings under her eyes. She's staring. Like, they're probably, like, rimmed red a little bit. Just, like, you know, she's looking like she's just seen seen things. Uh, do you, do you want a hug? Or, like... I'm, if this is a, a hug? bad time, we can we can leave. Like, there's hotels around no, here. It's fine. No, no, it's... Uh, I think it's over. Um, uh, please come in and sit down and, uh... I'll make you some tea, and after I, I find everybody, just, just yeah, sit down. I'll be back. Yeah. All right, all right, cool. Oh, okay. She's just gonna tromp through every room in her house now. <laughs> okay. Sam's gonna lean over to Nat and go, "Bad trip." Um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, maybe seems kind of out of character, I guess. Though I don't I know, mean, man. I met her one time, dude. Yeah. Like no judgment. <laughs> okay so des um you you're starting to get over the shock of what you were experiencing things are starting to sort of come back to your your memory of uh what happened and uh you you, you recall that everybody actually kind of like went back to their own place uh the ordeal was over and everybody uh, kind of needed to go back to their own homes to take care of one thing or another. Like, Ro needed to make sure that Ditko and Rowan hadn't, like, killed each other. Uh, Albion had a, you know, uh, he had something to follow up with, an email, maybe a phone call that was going to happen. He, he, you know, maybe even a phone call, not that you would know, with, uh, you know, the, the High Huntsman of the Noctis Vigilia, but everybody had their own stuff to deal with, and you are confident that, uh, as you remember it, the house was empty save for you having just collapsed on the couch. Beaumont had gone back to his place with Marcus. Uh, they were gonna talk a few things out uh, as, you know, He's his new apprentice, so you don't think that anybody is in your house, but you can still check anyway, and if mm. you do, you find that uh, your house is exactly as you left it last night, rather, like last early morning, when you had to uh, bump off down to Edinburgh for a trial, so. Uh, and about yeah. what time is it? Uh, let's, let, what, what time do you think that, um, 
Sam and Nat would have gotten up to Burlington from from New York. Um, like, uh, did we leave early in the? I imagine we like left like that morning, probably like the next morning. I probably like maybe maybe that night even. Yeah. So if we we got up there overnight and then stayed in the hospital for a bit, so maybe like noon. If it's around noon, then uh, Des has gotten very little sleep again. <laughs> Which is understandable, and she definitely looks the part. She does not look rested. Okay, so this whole thing happens after the whole thing with Sylvester. Yes, Sylvester, uh, just so that you as a player can get your timeline straight, uh, Sylvester had a duel an hour before sundown on the 26th. So Mm -hmm. that happened that night. He was rushed to the hospital. Um, He managed to... Uh, survive and not succumb to his injuries and he is currently comatose later post midnight everybody uh in the rest of the party got together uh, got up went to edinburgh um through a little bit of magic uh and then had themselves a wizard trial had some uh interesting shenanigans occur and then they got back here on the east coast somewhere in the like maybe 10 a.m. range after trying to sort out loose ends with Marcus and the council and uh, especially Beaumont and trying to figure out like what the hell happened with Marcus's dad. So yeah, um, Des, you've had like two hours more of sleep at most. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be safe to say that Des has Chris's phone number? That's a good question. Um, who, I, since I know that Roe and Albion have contact with Chris, do you think either one of you would have uh, messaged Chris to say, hey, our boy's not dead? I think I would have. Okay. Because like, I don't want to turn into a whole big thing, but I think that Des is probably going to try just texting Chris, asking whether if Chris is working at Soup or Speakeasy today, because she really <laughs> needs to talk to them. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Uh yeah, I uh Ro, I'm going to say just for convenience's sake that you probably hit up Chris with a text and included Albion and Dez in that text. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dez, you you kind of go through phones relatively quickly because you know, you're magical and phones oh, are sh- pretty high Actually, her phone died yesterday. That's right, it did. Oh man, she so, can't even text. Nope. You would have to just call those places of business, I suppose. And there is no reason to believe the speakeasy is currently open. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's noon, right? Noonish. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, instead noon-ish. of tea, like uh she's actually gonna go up um So let's I was wondering if y'all would be interested in going a bit off the beaten path. Uh who's up for soup? Uh yeah, I can uh, I, I can always uh, eat. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean like you're, I don't know the last time I ate. Maybe last night. You're, you're going. You're going to love it. And the the we're just we're gonna go out for soup. And she's like putting on like more scarves than she needs because she's just not <laughs> even like focusing. She's too busy like just you know like <laughs> um, getting getting plans made. We're just gonna um, go get some soup and and it's gonna be great. And we're we're gonna have soup and let's go walking to get soup. Yeah, let's get soup. Come on, everybody, soup time. Um, right and she'll 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 lock the front door behind her and uh she's gonna start walking to the soup place the soup store (laughs) 
So she could buy um, clothes. Why are you buying <laughs> clothes soup at the soup store? Uh, I'm gonna go uh, and lean into Sam and be like, "I do you do you have anybody else's number? Do should we be concerned? We got maybe. I, I mean, hey, we got that group text, right? Yeah, 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 yo, 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 yeah, yeah. Sam's gonna whip out her phone and just um, text Row soup question mark. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, because I've never met Albion. That's true. You yeah, have. you haven't met me yet. Oh, That's right. Damn. <laughs> Just okay. haven't met him yet. It's true. Now, I love the fact that you start walking towards a store that is uh, a, a restaurant that's sort of in like near basically downtown Burlington and you are in uh <laughs> you're in the old town she so. doesn't have a car she yeah, doesn't have but a there phone is, she there is a you're in a car you, yeah okay yep that um so she pro- it's probably one of those things where like she starts walking and they're like hey get back here why don't i call like after you does that work and i'm like uh hey how far are you trying to walk there Des, um, we we have a car. Oh, that's good. That's even better. Let's do the let's do the car. We'll get there faster. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. It's that big mystery mobile van. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it is. Oh, this will be a I beast assume... to park. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Well, I assume you're gonna like get them to Pearl Street Garage, <laughs> like go to the one of the parking garages kind of thing. Sam is going to parallel park She's never with known perfect the, accuracy. Where the garages are, she doesn't have a car. If you've been in downtown, it's like, you know where they are. All right, yeah. Yeah, well, they're right off that road on College Street. There's a parking garage, so you're fine. How does everyone know the geography so good? I'm actively <laughs> looking at a map. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. We are going to cut to Row. Mm-hmm. Row, um... You are you are currently curled up in the fetal position on the floor of your bathroom. Okay. Um, your face hurts, but only on one side, and your face is also wet on one side. Okay. So, y- yeah, you um, if you tilt your head up, you can see. That Rowan is uh, in still in the bathtub, but just like kind of leaning out over you, kind of carelessly dripping water onto <laughs> onto the bathroom floor, and uh, sh- she just she has a, a look on her face that you are not familiar with, um, which is concern for another living being, <laughs> and uh, she she uh, looks at you and just goes. Hey, um, is it uh, Ro? You are a- awake now. I, uh, you, I was very concerned. You just kind of, you, you walked in here and you were, you were walking but not looking at anything, and you were not speaking. Um, uh, and you, you looked, you, you looked either asleep or scared or both. Uh, not not the care um but uh it was uh it was irritating me because you would not respond to me um and i would um <clears throat> rowan's uh, just going to hug rowan uh, <clears throat> and uh she she you can feel that she just like tenses up 
-hmm. and um it is you are you are hugging a very wet person um, or nixie even and uh she you can feel that her arms start to move to like hug you back um and then she quickly like uh stops doing that and then just says to you you need to let go of me right now spawn of summer okay sorry and we're like backs up probably like a little too hard and probably bumps into the sink okay she she uh, assumes that something like some kind of explosion will happen because <laughs> they're from <laughs> different worlds <laughs> oh man um as you as you bump into the sink uh you you sort of like rattle some stuff uh you know that you would have on that that sink space uh at which point uh you hear from outside uh a sort of semi-pathetic sounding uh man's voice just saying uh hey uh, are you all good in there <laughs> is everything okay um yes <laughs> yeah because I, I i i think i heard you two arguing and then uh like you know kind of something got like bumped around i don't you stay out of it you this is between not you and oh. us. Okay, Rowe is like kind of shaking because I think she's like coming, like figuring out what has just happened. Um, yeah, you're you're guys, acclimating back to reality. Yeah, guys, can we please not right now? This this is a lot. This is a lot. I. There, if it is Ditko, there, I I will remove him for you. I mean, no, it's fine. There was a, I was just at Dez's and there was a fire, and now I'm here. <laughs> I I don't know how to explain it, and I don't expect you to understand or care. But something just happened, and I I don't know. Rowan, this gives her pause, and um. She she looks at you and just sort of cocks her head curiously. Um, and uh, she's just she thinks about this and you see her eyes start to unfocus. Well, unfocus isn't quite the right word. Um, it looks like they're not focusing uh, where you would expect them to be focusing um, based on where she's looking. They, they, they sort of adopt a focus that it seems somewhere else um and uh she reaches out to put a hand on you okay are you, um are you, are you gonna let her i i think instinctively rose gonna like probably try to move like her shoulder back a little bit at first but then she stops okay which is great because her hand is actually kind of moving toward your head oh okay well. she's like <laughs> she's like getting like she's not like lazily sort of being in the tub anymore she's she's standing up and like has assumed her proper height and you can see that she's moving toward you uh not in an aggressive way um like there's nothing threatening about this but she her eyes seem focused somewhere just a little past you it almost seems are you gonna uh let her let her go through with whatever's happening I at this point yes because she like Ro just got thrown back into reality so sure what's one more weird thing okay uh so yes 
the cold, clammy, and just like straight up wet hand of Rowan uh, just sort of touches you on your head and uh, you like you can feel your hair getting wet, like your scalp line. Uh, mm. And there's like water that's starting to you know drip down your face as well. And um, while you were afraid that there was like maybe some sort of matter antimatter reaction uh, <laughs> that was potential when you were hugging her. Um, no, it's just like it's not comfortable. It's super duper not a comfortable touch mm -hmm. uh, to be, you know, touching Rowan or have Rowan like uh, touching you either. Uh, because you two do feel kind of opposite of each other. Um, you know that if you struck her with your summer magic uh, that you have in like what what of that you have in you, that it would actually hurt her quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And you know that if she tried to uh, harm you with any of her winter based magic, that it would hurt you more. So it's just it's just not pleasant. I mean, it, it's it's a naked lady putting a wet hand <laughs> sort of weirdly on your head. So, like, it wouldn't really be pleasant dream. in the first place. <laughs> okay, sure. But, okay, so it's that, but it, you don't like it. No, I know. I'm <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, and she starts to, uh, she moves her hand up above your head and starts to, like, run her two fingers together, her thumb and index finger, almost as if along an invisible thread. And uh, she just looks at you curiously, and then uh, she just sort of steps out of the the bath, uh, just, you know, getting water on your, your bath mat, just all crazy-like, uh, just without regard. And she, you know, just, like, the floor is now r really wet. Um... And uh, she goes, uh, she just snaps her fingers and goes, uh, Detective man, give me my going out shirt. <laughs> you... <sighs> I, I've just been crashing here since last night. You think, you think I know sort of like we don't have a routine here yet. Any shirt, your shirt. I don't care. <laughs> Ooh, wait, so... I have a good shirt for her to wear please tell me hold on i'm gonna send it it is um we need the the picture here but i will describe it is just an all-black shirt that has <laughs> the brats on it like the dolls <laughs> yes incredible it's r probably rose workout shirt but it is <laughs> like triple extra large and on rowan it'll be okay. hilarious Absolutely, yes. It's basically a sleep shirt, uh, yeah. and she she does not dry off, and she just puts the shirt on, and um, she... I don't even know if she puts anything else on other than perhaps footwear. Because, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Oh my god, Mike. <laughs> yes. Mike. Yes. She has a yes. pair of going out Crocs. Yeah. Crocs? She's got a pair no. of going out Crocs. Gwen, you no. cannot She's do this to wonderful. me. She's a water Her girl. Her feet are wet. <laughs> She's wearing Crocs. So I hate... Oh my god, I hate this! She d so does <laughs> Rowan. These are not easy to run in. She's not running anywhere right now, but if she needs to, she'll ditch him immediately. Oh, and I just saw the picture of the shirt! 
Those of you listening at all with the Brats with a Z shirt with all those yeah. dolls from the 2000s on it. Yeah. The Bratz hey, dolls. Oh my god. I it was. Tom, I am warning you now. Wash yourself. I was a Bratz girl and I will fist Oh, fight. what a shock that you, <laughs> yeah. Gwen Vetter, were a Bratz girl. I was also a Bratz girl. <sighs> I... Tom, Tom, everyone here was a Bratz girl except you. I'm sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Michael. I'm the GM of this here podcast, but you all know that by now. You're starting the first episode of the last chapter of this season of Green Mountain Mysteries, so, I mean, you know who I am by now. I don't have to think of a funny third thing anymore. I'm free. I'm free to do what I want with this here episode break. Which is to say, I'm gonna stop being free to do whatever I want and actually move on to more salient points, why don't I? I would very much like to take a moment to thank everybody who is listening to this podcast. It really does mean a whole heck of a lot to all of us uh, that you choose to spend some of your time listening to this silly thing that we do. And uh, I, you know, I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're having fun. And I thank you again for sticking with us for three and a half years which just seems kind of impossible to me, but uh, here we are. I would also like to take a bit of extra special time to mention uh, that we are going to discuss a real historical figure in the latter half of the episode, um, and we are going to be fictionalizing some details about this real historical figure, um, but... Uh, it's like the actual story of this guy is genuinely fascinating and genuinely interesting and genuinely very much overlooked. Um, it's no surprise uh, that it's Wentworth Cheswell. We did mention uh, the man's name in a previous episode, um, and we are going to be uh sort of mythologizing and uh fictionalizing some some things about him um except for some of okay there are some of the details uh that have to do with more occult things that are not true but then there is the actual detail about him with the masons which is true i don't want to give too much away but i would actively encourage you to uh look up information about the real man um, he is, uh, he was an unsung hero of early America. He was, uh, the first African-American elected to public office, uh, like genuinely, uh, like it's so cool, uh, to, to look up and, uh, John Herman, who special thanks to him for playing himself in the latter half of this episode um, is in fact uh, doing a lot of work because he lives in Cheswell's hometown of Newmarket, New Hampshire. Uh, he is, he is working very hard to bring recognition uh, to an overlooked figure who really deserves a statue. Uh, they actually have a GoFundMe to, uh, 
to to that effect uh set up for help us build a memorial to Wentworth Cheswell because he doesn't have one in his own hometown which is incredible to me uh given all of the things that he did like that's a wrong that needs to be righted and uh, that's you know part of why we chose to include him in our show because i'm friends with john herman and he got me hooked on this guy and very interested in him and i i feel like bringing more attention to folks like him and benjamin banneker uh from a previous episode as well is is something that is worth doing with the limited platform that i have so uh enjoy uh, that coming up in the back half, I, I'll give more details uh, about the parts that we <laughs> might have fictionalized in the next episode's break, because I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, but I would encourage you to find out your own information about the guy. There is stuff available online uh, to find out the stuff that is definitely true. Of, of the things that get told because again john herman is like one of the leading experts on the man currently alive and uh he does share a lot of true information in that conversation that he has with the fictional character of albion graves thank you again to the pocket podcast network for hosting our show as well as other great shows like pokemakers who a certain person here might be on in the not too distant future Ooh. and tia and rio save the world our first scripted drama which if you're listening to our show uh then you're probably okay to handle uh the stuff that happens on tia and rio um it is definitely a show for adults but i mean that in a good way it is it is a worthwhile listen is an interesting story of, of two two young women uh, and their mental health struggles and dealing with literal hell <laughs> trying to uh trying to make itself uh, a problem so and i believe that our good friend and cast member hugh who is in this episode too is going to be like proper full-time on t and rio now so congratulations to them and uh they deserve to be in all the things so i'm so happy for you uh who you will be hearing quite a bit more of in the near future to start off strong fuck twitter but if you are on that website you might as well follow us and tweet at us about the show uh, using the hashtag GMMCast. We are, of course, at GMMCast on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, before I forget, uh, also fuck Facebook, but we are there because <laughs> we have to promote the show. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I would say go join our Discord server and hang out with us, play Jackbox games. Uh, we're probably going to start doing Gardic Phone as well because I finally played it and it's really fun. <laughs> uh it's, it's great but yeah we do we do uh some good community stuff there and share a lot of memes so go enjoy and uh yeah until you go do one of those things enjoy the rest of the episode
Hi, I'm Brittany, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Colt Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for good horses, bad plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life. So before we dive back into reintroducing these two reprobates into the story, uh, let's talk about how some things have changed since the last time we saw Sam and Nat, and also uh, the last time that we saw Halbion and Des and Roe, because after the events of last episode, you all got a major milestone. Be excited. Ooh. Yay. Good job. You did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Let's I want to go through uh, just to briefly hit the stuff that changed based on the major milestone so that, you know, things don't just sort of come out of nowhere uh, when we start referring to them. So, like, let's talk about uh, Des first. Uh, some of the stuff that changed on your sheet based on the major milestone, the things that you are willing to share about uh, about that. Yeah. So. I got to add another skill, and I figured with Des's background now having had a lesson or two from one Dr. Sly Cooper, I've added a point in fists. Uh, in regards to stunts and powers that have changed a tiny bit, I no longer have ritual. I currently now have, uh, I still have channeling. And I've added thaumaturgy and refinement. Uh, the refinement is... Wait, did you add refinement to your uh, channeling? I can't remember. I see on my sheet right now, negative two channeling spirit, negative three thaumaturgy, negative one refinement, negative one the sight, negative one what's the difference. Okay, do you remember what the refinement did? Off the top of my head, not really. Because if because we might have uh, it might have been a holdover from when I was like, oh, you should take refinement with your ritual so that you can get more thaumaturgical stuff. And then I remembered that thaumaturgy was literally a one point difference and it gave you everything. I thought refinement was going to be for like upping my skills. Uh, refinement is to do with one of your spellcasting types, one of your two uh, either channeling slash evocation or ritual slash thaumaturgy and it gives you uh some bonus stuff in specific applications of when you are casting spells i think either that like i will send you a picture of my character sheet and we will hash this out <laughs> yeah we'll figure this out uh but for now the most important part of that is that thaumaturgy you now have all them things because you studied with beaumont i and do you can now justify properly all of those wild things that you pulled <laughs> um, and were just like, I'm going to contact uh, a fairy and get a, get a fairy here on short notice. I'm going to send some ghosts into the sea to contact Champ. Uh, all that kind of like, I'm going to have wards on my house, like what, all these can't? sorts of things. I mean, no, I haven't tried recently, though. So like, let's take a drive. Let's go into the car. Now we're heading out. I also have a new road spell. Yay! Yes, you do have a new road spell. I do want uh, I do, I want people to hear about that road spell. Or do you want to wait till it comes up? Um, I'm happy talking about it right now. Uh, it is uh, 
called Bonvolo Movie. It is a maneuver four uh, and allows me to freely cross one zone, bypass obstacles. And I have uh, the ring to focus it. Basically, uh, it is a, a rote spell of uh, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, because Des is very bad at moving <laughs> fast. <laughs> so I wanted to make her do a little more fast. A little bit of faster in my days. Like Baymax. Pretty much. More fast, please. Uh, so I had to rename one of my aspects. I have changed. Sometimes Jack helps me know that's bad. And it has been renamed. So the aspect is now entitled The Memory of Unlimited Power Still Haunts Me. Which is real Ooh. good. I thought so. That gives us so much meat, uh, so much meat on that bone. Don't, <laughs> don't, Michelle. I think that's Michelle. it for all the changes. Michelle, I know you want to talk about Scrapple, so n but no. I, all right, I was thinking something completely different. Continue, please. Yeah, I know you were, Michelle. Oh, I, I thought it was the Scrapple. No. Penis, Tom, Everyone penis. Terrible. Oh, oh, okay. You know, as a queer man, I should have thought of that too. Gwen, what happened with Ro? I wish I fucking knew. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Miss Ro, queen of nothing, uh, attempter of lies, um, has changed up her stats a little bit. Yeah. I have... Yeah, I bet you did. Don't be mean to me. Um, no, I, I'm saying I bet you did. I have switched up my stats. So I bumped burglary down because I'm not doing a whole lot of those things these days. But I did push empathy up so I can be better at that. Um, I also added... I gave a... myself more empathy because I wanted more empathy. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. I also added a fun little deceit stunt uh, called Won't Get Fooled Again. So I get a plus two to any skill roll versus someone I know who has lied to me. And there's a lot of lies happening all the time, so I figured that's the best thing for Miss Rowe to have. Um, I do like that. because all given, given the situations that you've been in and the stuff you've had to deal with, you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to let him get me again. Yeah. Uh, so those are the big changes. The small change is Rowe has decided she is uh, dairy-free right now. Ooh. <laughs> okay, but there's no mechanical change on your no. character sheet from that. No, but that's okay. just something I think everyone should know. <laughs> that's fair. Cool. So that's the fair. next time Chris invites you out for boba. But not all boba has dairy in it, sir. Right. Well, then that's good. The Have the dairy-free boba. boba. I will. Thanks. <laughs> Great. Tom. Hello. So Albion has not changed all that much. I mean, that's uh, just true. That's our boy. Hey now. Big surprise. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's I'm really kidding. that's really hurtful. I've tried to make it a, a character who evolves and changes sometimes. Yeah, it sometimes would be hurtful he has if three I meant guns. It. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask about don't ask about that third one. His guns is a plus four. So no, no, he's got four guns. <laughs> um and also he's not gonna like Zoro from one piece, his gun. Well, no, because you've got four, and that only accounts for three. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I added a point into presence 
because Albion has been doing a lot of talking, and I think he probably should get better at it. Cool. Uh, and also, I gave myself a new stunt. This stunt is called Back the Fuck Up! Yeah! So, the way this <laughs> stunt works is that I get a plus two to intimidation attacks against anyone Albion needs to protect someone from. So basically, you know those scenes where Albion was like, nope, I'm stepping in between this guy and this person who I care about. Uh, yeah, that is at a situation where when Albion rolls to intimidate that person to back down, he gets a modifier to it. Yep. Specifically when it's somebody that you're protecting and specifically when you are getting them to uh, try to vamoose and not do what they're doing. So, hell yeah. For example, someone like, oh, I don't know, a white court who keeps on messing with my friend Des. I don't know who that could be. And also, why are you so mad at Alfonso? All right, now can we talk about the, um... Is it me? All right. Alfonso hasn't messed with Des. Alfonso's Alfonso's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's he's trying his best. No, he's trying his best. (laughs) On that note, let us introduce Michelle and Hugh, who are now going to be part of the cast for the remainder of the season. That's crazy. Oh, yep, the Cooper Smith sisters are here. Cooper Smith sisters. Now, some some things have changed on your character sheets since last time we saw you. You've gotten yeah. yourself a little more skilled up, uh, maybe changed some aspects. So, uh, Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Sam Cooper Smith that we will be experiencing over the next uh, chapter of episodes, this final chapter of this season. Samantha Cooper Smith. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, aspects. Uh, Off to a the strong high start. aspect for uh, Sam. She's a vigilante athlete that changed from before um, because now she's trying to beat up fairies on the street. Um, <laughs> God, don't take that out of context. <laughs> she really is actually trying to beat up fairies yeah. on the street. Yes, I know. Trouble aspect is the same. Fight first, talk later. Uh, other aspects. I've got city that never sleeps. Neither do I. Badass, smartass, greatass. Such a good aspect. In the wrong place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Love it. That was just like the entire first episode. Yeah, that was that was entirely Sam's experience in uh, that episode of the interlude and why she knows about the supernatural at all. I know a guy just because she travels everywhere and and makes friends and connections everywhere. And the last one is basketball court on the streets, white court in the sheets. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you forget about it? I did not. It just, it hits me afresh every time. I did forget about it. <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't. My sister I is truly it. an icon. <laughs> she getting it. Yeah. Um. You literally have two aspects on your character sheet that indicate that Sam Cooper Smith can get it. Oh, yeah. Sam Cooper yeah. Smith fucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. That was oh a noise I should this, this is the I'm energy we are bringing into the final <laughs> chapter of our show. <laughs> I'm going to say it. All of the Cooper Smiths can and do get it. Yeah. 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 
We're I a feel hot like you family. are speaking a lot on Nat's behalf, but you're not <laughs> Like, you're not wrong. I just feel like you're speaking a lot on Nat's Didn't, behalf. Weren't you the one who can't, said that Nat Cannon has a girlfriend? Yes. Okay, great. Um, I did want to say one thing, Michelle. <laughs> um, to I think it would be in keeping with Sam Cooper Smith's character, as well as, like, upbringing, general demeanor, and such. Um, for I know a guy mm -hmm. to be even a little more, uh, have a little more accent on it. If I, if I may propose. All right. Um, I know a guy, you don't know him, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this guy, but I know this guy. Yeah, exactly. I know a guy, you don't know this guy, but I know this guy. Cause it sounds very much like the kind of bullshit that Sam would say, uh, as both a yeah, New Yorker a and just a yeah. Sam. It's Louie. Oh, Louie from the Bronx? No, Louie from Uptown. Yeah. Uptown, Louie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Absolutely. I think my favorite thing is, like, the Coopersmiths are from New York, and I... None of us have New York accents. <laughs> Darius did. Darius kind of had one. I mean, like, okay. Darius is yeah. from New York, but... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can get the New York so, Dominican hey. accent going on, but, like... Hugh? <laughs> 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 uh, I have... Yes. I would Hello. love to hear about um, the things that have changed since we last saw Hugh, because last time we saw Hugh, uh, sorry, last time we saw Nat. Um, and also me. She was dealing with a, a black court vampire, though we have yeah. had you on, I think, at least one phone call in the interim. Uh, was I? Well, yeah, you might have been, but let's. Maybe. Let's, uh... ah, I only changed like one thing, but like, hi, I'm Hugh and I play Nat. So, um, all of my aspects are the same, but I'm going to go over them because I literally haven't been here since that one time I had to fight a vampire and apparently was maybe on a phone call. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my <laughs> aspects are, um, talk my siblings out of a lot of trouble. Um, Nat wasn't necessarily the voice of reason, but was the reason that her siblings did not get in a stupid amount of trouble. Thanks. For hunting down people in the middle of the nighttime. <laughs> Um, yeah, take, taking, like normal you know, people, just so we're clear, yeah, not yeah. like vigilant, like vigilante literally stuff. vigilante shit. Yeah, my older brother's keeper because he almost died. Um, it was a very traumatic instance for Nat to see her brother almost dead by a by a lake. So you know, um, river even by a river. My bad. It was a river. Um, questions necessarily have answers. Not 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 digs deep on things. It's it's a problem. Um, there's a lot of crazy I'm willing to tolerate and someone's got to pay the bills around here. Nat lives with her sister and literally does not pay bills. Um, Nat does have a job. She just yeah. her sister just makes more money than she does. So literally she pays for the food in the house um cuz she basically just lives there by herself cuz her sister's on the road all the time. So, uh since the last time we saw um uh, Nat, uh she leveled up in her weapons by two points because um she needed to do better at weapons after you know being attacked and almost murdered by a vampire and she was really mad and then also dug more into vampires so has a new stunt um for occultist vampires yeah you have yeah. vampirology so just just to uh just to make the make it clear to the audience in case it hasn't been mentioned before uh you have three occultists uh, yes, skill points. I do. I have one in demons, one in Therian Therianthropes, 
Yep. It's shapeshifters. And yes. a new one in vampires. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that I have a stunt called I Know Just the Guy, and then my sister has one that's called um, I Know a Guy, but not the guy, not that guy. Yeah, you don't know that guy. We I know, know the guy. different guys. Uh, we know different yeah. guys, clearly. So some of the guys we know are the same and others aren't. I love the fact that Sam's implies more, like, sort of sketchy contacts that, <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, yeah. I know this guy. It's like, oh yeah, you know the like, oh, what do we need? Oh, it fell off the back of a truck. Uh, and and Nat is like, oh, I know just the person because you've yeah, like, because I work you with talk them. to people. Yeah, you work with folks. I work um, with them, so I know everything. Perfect. Okay, I think that about wraps up getting the audience up to date, and also you know y'all up to date with each other. So uh, let's dive back into exactly where we left off. So, Albion, you have a phone call to make. Yep. You got some information from your Fey knowledge broker, the librarian, and you got a response, so now you got a number to call. All right. So, I... This is after Albion has just had a terrible nightmare and hasn't really slept, right? Uh, yeah. You you are right, a so bit groggy. Albion so, sure. first walks to the fridge, grabs an AL-81, and just without taking a breath, chugs it, takes another one and holds it against his forehead, uh, and then walks over to his phone. Okay. Uh, sits down and dials the number. Perfect. Uh, somewhere in New Hampshire, John Herman's phone is ringing. Hello? Uh, hey, howdy. Is this, uh, is this John Herman? It is. Who am I speaking to? Uh, my name's Albie and I emailed you about, uh... Oh, some right. Right. Yeah, I had some some history questions. I'm sorry to pester you, but uh Oh, no. I you know, I am always willing to talk about this guy. Uh so ask away. I'm actually I'm always honored to talk about him. Uh yeah, so um see, I had an ungood authority. You're sort of an expert on this uh Wentworth Cheswell fella. Uh, and, uh, I I I would say I'm passionate. Uh fair. Passion's in Passion is uh, more important than straight expertise, I'm told as well. Um, in any case, uh, I, I really don't know much about the man, uh, other than I guess he was uh, an assessor and uh, apparently rode with Paul Revere. Um, that's about it, on the levels, levels of my knowledge with the man. <laughs> uh, then, do you want me to break it down for you? I, I would love for you to break this down for me. All right, so up until just, I don't know, like 20 years ago, very few people knew about Wentworth Cheswell at all. But there's been kind of this resurgence recently, and uh, I'm really excited to be a part of it. We're really, like, digging up history. So this guy was born in 1746, and he was the grandson of a freed slave. Um he rode for the Committee of Safety. That's the same um, kind of shadow government group that Paul Revere rode for. He was a messenger. He was also a school teacher, a scholar. He was passionate about history. He was a Revolutionary War veteran. He, he fought in the Battle of Saratoga, which was America's first victory. He was a judge. He was a pioneering archaeologist, probably the first in my state. Uh, he was also probably the first person of African descent elected to public office in the United States. So uh, uh, for the past few years, I've just been really researching him uh, almost as a hobby. 
And now I have people like you calling me, which I'm always excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, legitimately actually super interesting. Because, uh, I, I don't know if you could tell from my manner of speech, uh, but I come from a part of the country where we were not necessarily educated on, you know, people of color's contributions quite as thoroughly as we should have been. Okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> One of the uh, things that I, I, I do want to share with you about Wentworth Chesel is that he did have a bit of a secret life. Um, I, think, I think when you contacted me, you were looking for something a little deeper. Uh, secret life does sound very much like what I had in mind here. Yeah, I kind of got that sense. You see... Wentworth Cheswell was a very mysterious individual. Uh, he he ran with a, a crowd that was a little bit on the side of freedom and mysticism, if you know what I mean. I, I know a thing or two about mysticism, yeah. Well, he he definitely had many skills. He you know, a very early archaeologist. He also had some masonic connections he was he was a master of a lodge at one point even did you know that i did not know that i, I do know my way around clandestine organizations though oh well then uh you should behoove yourself to look him up because he was actually the first individual uh to be impeached as a master of a lodge did you know that i did not know you could do that he stood trial, actually, and uh, he was found guilty. Huh. I didn't know that was a thing Masons could even do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to know what he was guilty of? Uh, I have no idea, and I would love some elaboration. He quit. He found out something. He was working on something that he, he, he decided to quit. Yeah. Interesting huh. guy. So they fired him for quitting. Exactly. What was it that he learned that made him want to leave, though, out of curiosity? Well, I've, I've done a lot of research, and I do a lot of speculation. Uh, I do feel like his, his connection with some of these other, perhaps lesser-known founding fathers who worked in the shadows with both... Uh, working towards liberty and dealing with otherworldly things, if, if I could even use that expression. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar, perhaps, with uh, the name Benjamin Banneker. Ah, yeah, that's a name that rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, so these, these guys ran together. Um, you know, Banneker was, was passionate about the things above, Cheswell was a master of things below. He mapped out local cities, like uh, as an assessor, as you know, mm -hmm. would do. Any of this ring a bell to you? Uh, I don't want to take you down a road you're not prepared for. Oh, no, I, I've been down plenty of roads with uh, less prep than is probably advisable, so I'm willing to see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Um, he didn't happen to do any assessing in uh, Vermont, did he? Oh, of course he did. Oh, 
any particular place in Vermont you're you're thinking of? Uh, uh I, I happen to be uh, around Burlington right now. Oh yes, Burlington. Yeah. <laughs> so you know about Burlington and Cheswell. I, huh. I don't know much of his relationship with Burlington. No. Well, he was a surveyor. He plotted out the whole layout of uh, right around Burlington City Hall Park. You know the area? It's. Uh, I'm. I'm. I am quite familiar with that area. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, my understanding is that uh, Benjamin Banneker, his his knowledge about you know astronomical things, uh, his his obsession almost with celestial alignment and. Uh, the magical side of what we now consider early America, well, when matched with Wentworth Cheswell, you know, they they were working on something. And and someday I'm going to find out what it was. Yeah, I'm thinking I might be looking into that too. Hmm. Well, I do appreciate your time. Uh, was there anything else you w- thought might be interesting you want to share before I uh, quit taking up your day? I think that might be all. All right. Well, I appreciate you very much, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, if I'm ever down in uh, New Hampshire, I will absolutely buy you a beer or a, a sarsaparilla if you don't drink beer. Or Oh, I would love a sarsaparilla. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, I'll look you up if I'm ever heading down south. All right. All right. Well, you have yourself a lovely day, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. My pleasure. Well, fuck... Yesterday, uh, what, or sorry, oops, re-record. It is a perfectly love world, god damn it. <laughs> Michelle, fix this it later. It is a perfectly, shut up. Uh, pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.